Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. I'm joined today by a friend and a veteran. His name is Mike Metlin, and he's here to share his experience of serving our country and being a dad at the same time. I, I walked through the door, and uh, my little girl's running around already. Of course, I missed all of that, so I'm already feeling bad. Yeah. And um, my wife says, hey, watch this. And my daughter's standing in front of me, just standing there. And my wife looks at me and says, Heather, where's daddy? And instead of walking up to me, who's standing in front of her, Mm. she walked across her room and pointed at a picture on the wall. My heart broke. If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being with me on the podcast. I'm happy to have you. Anthony, I appreciate you inviting me. I'm very honored to be a part of your podcast today. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time and being willing to share some of your story. Uh, this is getting released on Memorial Day, and you're a veteran. You serve the country. Thank you for that service. Um, before we get into the big story, though, and talk about your experience, which I think is going to be super helpful to even dads like myself who never served, but especially helpful to dads who are still actively serving and who did serve as you did, I think you're going to be able to help us tremendously today with your story and your insights and your reflections. But just for the benefit of all of us, when we talk about Memorial Day, sometimes people get it confused with Veterans Day. Um, My understanding is that this is when we remember those who have served and who have died for our country. And, you know, when we talked a little bit before, we usually get that mix up with Veterans Day. Uh, this this isn't a day that's necessarily for you, is my understanding, but it's it's for remembering those. So just to start things off, help the rest of us understand how we should think about Memorial Day, maybe if it's even right to celebrate it, because typically all we do is go out and barbecue, especially in Texas. So uh, just give us some some insight from someone who served on how we should think about Memorial Day. Okay. Uh, two things. First, let's talk about the difference in Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Okay. Um, and, and you're spot on there. Uh, Memorial Day is the time that we remember those who have passed away in the service of the country. Veterans Day is to honor those veterans who are still alive and the service that they had for their country as well. And so as we go into this Memorial Day weekend, uh, we want our minds to remember not only the veterans who have lost their lives, but we reflect upon the families mm. who have lost husbands, wives, um, moms and dads who have lost their children into the service of the country. And so we we remember those because when when you when you join the military, it's, the commitment is not just your commitment, it's your family's commitment to, to do what's, what's needed. And so um, as we go into Memorial Day, we we remember those who have served and laid down their lives, and we remember the families who have sacrificed as well. And so our, our minds, our hearts, our prayers stay with them during this time. And and in, and in terms of the barbecue, that's okay. Uh, uh, the, I, I, uh, the, there's nothing wrong with family time where you can remember and 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 celebrate the freedom that was won. Sure. But we don't let it go by without at least acknowledging, okay, the, the reason we're able to do this today yeah. is because others have sacrificed on our behalf. Got it. Okay. Good. 
that's a good corrective. I think a lot of us probably need uh, good to have that perspective, especially if you are going to celebrate, just remembering that there's someone who's not celebrating who paid a price so that we could celebrate. And I think I think that's really wise. All right, so you're going to talk to us today about what it was like to serve your country and at the same time be a dad. Uh, before we jump into all those details, though, talk about a little bit about life right now. How long have you been married? How many kids do you have? Just give us the good stuff. All right. Um, I've been married for 31 years. Um, and um, my wife and I got married right after, right as I got completed with basic training back in 1992. Uh, and since that time, God has blessed us with three kids. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about a couple of those and, yep. as, as we get further into this uh, podcast. Um, once I completed my time in the military, I was very fortunate in that God allowed me to join uh, Lockheed Martin, where I've now been working for the last 27 years. Wow. And while it's obvious that I don't fit a uniform anymore, <laughs> I uh, do like the feeling that the job that I hold does benefit those men and women who are still serving. Yeah. And so uh, we attend Emmanuel Pentecostal Church in Mesquite, Texas. And uh, I've just been blessed. Uh, I think most people, when they think of me, probably doesn't think of a veteran or doesn't think of a soldier or uh, anybody who's very gung-ho. I think most people just look and go, oh, that's the Bible quizzing guy or, oh, that's the Christmas guy. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so uh, for a lot of people, I think hearing some of this insight will probably reveal a little bit more uh, about myself than than what they've heard before. But yeah, uh, I've been incredibly blessed. God's been good to me. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm I'm glad that... God has been good to you and to your family. Um, you know, obviously, you might be a little bit of a different person now than you were then. Uh, I don't know where you served, and I'll give you the opportunity to talk about where you served. I would probably say uh, not the Navy because you don't cuss like a sailor, and it doesn't seem to be something you struggle <laughs> with. So um, no. tell us a little bit about that. When did you serve and all those details? Absolutely. Uh, I was very fortunate in the, that I was able to serve in the United States Army from 1992 uh, through 1996. Now, within any of the military branches, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, uh, we have military occupational specialties. And so those are, that's the MOS. And so when you hear veterans speaking about what was your MOS, they're just asking each other, what was your job while you were serving? Okay. And so within that community, uh, we, we we will make fun of each other. Uh, if you're in the Army, you're going to make fun of the Marines. If you're in the Marines, you're yeah. going to make fun of the Navy. We, we, we all do it. Uh, but even for those who serve in the same branch, and in my case in the Army, we will make fun of each other based on your MOS. Okay. Now, uh, my MOS was as an infantry soldier. I was just a foot soldier. And uh, you think of those as the people who are up on the front lines, uh, the ones who are in contact uh, with the enemy. And so uh, people who are making fun of us would say that, okay, that's the you, that was your chosen occupation because your your, your test scores were low. And so, <laughs> uh, and so uh, you know, we hear a lot of that. And we tell them, you know, that, well, it's nice of you to say that because military doctrine says you're nothing more than support to me anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I appreciate your support when we're, when we're doing the real fighting. Love that. And so um, within uh, within the infantry, I was also airborne qualified. I was air assault qualified. And then um, uh, while I do not look at uh, or, or even sound it anymore, uh, there was a time when I was a very gung-ho soldier, very, yeah. very focused on uh, my military career, what I needed to do to be the best possible soldier during that time. And so while the Lord has done a great deal of softening <laughs> of me throughout the years, uh, uh, there there was a time when uh, I would say that I was probably a good deal louder and 
probably a good deal more obnoxious sure. even uh, than, than than what I am now. I guess they're uh, because you put yourself in different situations, uh, whether it's training, um, you know, small small arms, uh, large arms, uh, whether you're uh, training with different missile systems, grenade systems. Uh, I was a subject matter expert for all uh, all anti armor weapon systems. Uh, and while the, the a lot of that knowledge has now escaped me, uh, you know the the ability to look at any uh, any armored vehicle anywhere in the world and know exactly which weapon is most effective in the engagement against that wow. was sort of where where me and my guys picked up. And so that 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 gives you a confidence. Yeah, uh, you probably weren't someone that I would want to mess with back in the day. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I, I was mostly friendly, still. <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, but just th- I, th- there's a confidence that comes from that sure. uh, that uh, does probably seep over into arrogancy, uh, and, and so um, I guess when you jumped out of an airplane, there's not a whole lot left in life that's going to worry you <laughs> much, and so uh, and so you you it it, it shapes you it, change, it shapes your perspective. It looks. It, it, uh, it makes you see the world a little bit different. And so yeah. I, there used to be an old military commercial that says that the, the change is permanent. The change is permanent. It, it forever shapes the way that you see the world. It's, you, you see your environment. Uh, you go into a restaurant and you naturally turn so that your back is facing the restaurant, but your face is always toward an open door. Hmm. Uh, these are just things that you pick up in the military because – you're just naturally scanning the room and looking for opportunities for defense if shit it comes up. And so it, your, your world is always going to be changed uh, because you were just so drilled yeah. and, and educated. And so uh, I was I was stationed on Fort Benning, Georgia the, in, the entirety of the time. Um, one small exception would be that the, the last 12 months, I spent the majority of that in uh, Fort Drum, New York, uh, where I was deployed with the 10th Mountain Division for some specialty training that we were doing at that time uh, with some specialty weapon systems that were just coming online with the military at that time. And so we were up there just trying those things out. And so um, very, very fortunate uh, uh, to have served. I loved my time in the service. Uh, I come from a family that serves. Okay. Uh, My my dad was a Vietnam vet. Um, My brother just older than me, uh, retired army. then there's myself. Then my brother, just younger than me, was um, Marine Corps. Wow. Uh, then um, my my daughter followed after dad. And she went into the army and served uh, three and a half years herself. And currently, I got a niece who just completed Marine Corps basic training and and is off doing her advanced training. And so we can actually trace our military service all the way back to Revolutionary War within within our family. And wow. So, uh, we're a family that serves. Uh, everybody takes their turn, yeah. and uh, so it's, it's their tradition. And so um, it, it it changes you. It changes the way you see the world. It changes sure. the way you see people. And so, uh, well, I was going to ask you why you served, but I think that that probably sums it up. <laughs> it, it does. Uh, it, it, there, there's an expectation there, and uh, and so we 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 serve. We 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 do our time. It's yeah. uh, and uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of my time in the military. I mean, there's 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 parts of it like everything else that that can really grind on you. I mean, the, the whole hurry up and wait and some of the nonsense you read about uh, is, is all accurate. It's all true. But there's a pride in what you do sure. in terms of 
you wake up every morning and thinking, okay, this does make a difference. This, yeah. this, this helps the world that I'm in. So um, enjoyed my time in the service and uh, very thankful I had an opportunity to serve. That's awesome. I want to talk a little bit about that perspective a little bit later in the episode, but let's, let's start here. So you started, you said in 92, 94, 92, 92. Okay. So you started in 92 and you said you're based in Georgia. Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay. So a couple years after you're there, you have something special that happens. Certainly. Um, you become my, a daddy. <laughs> I became a dad for the first time on November 29th, 1994. Um, my oldest daughter uh, was born on Fort Benning, Georgia at Martin Army Hospital. Uh, and apparently something about the whole experience stuck with her because she would go on to be uh, in the Army herself cool. and also actually uh, join combat arms. Uh, and so, okay. and so, um, so you take this very, uh, very focused, uh, very gung-ho, you know, soldier who is uh, very, very intense yeah. at, at this point in his life. And all of a sudden you place a little girl in his arms. And your perspective on life changes again. Wow. Um, and so uh, I've always said that dads lose perspective when it comes to their daughters. Hmm. Uh, and the best example of this is get a call from the school that says, your son was in a fight. Dads only have one question. Did he win? <laughs> uh, let somebody call and say, that dad and say, hey, your daughter was in a fight at school today and it's the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, you you want to know every detail of everything that happened. You want to know who how this kid, uh, who, who touched my girl, you know? <laughs> and so uh, and so you take this very, very gung-ho soldier and all of a sudden he's a dad for the first time and and you put this little girl in his arms for the first time and, and, and a lot starts to melt away. Yeah. And you start to think of not just yourself, not just your wife, not what your life will be, but you now become focused on what will her life be, mm. and uh, what what is it that I that I want her to to grow up cherishing and thinking and knowing it's important. Yeah, and so it it it, it changes you again, and so you now have this blended uh, perspective uh, yeah. of uh, this you know frontline soldier, this airborne soldier uh, who. Thought himself tough, uh, and until someone put a, a baby in his arms and suddenly realized that uh, there's a vulnerability there that he didn't know he had. Before. Sure. And so, uh, uh, it's uh, it, it's it, it's a strange thing uh, because there's a dichotomy there in, in your emotions because you're 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 wanting to be still the super soldier. Right? Uh, the other side of that is, but I don't want that in front of my daughter. Yeah. Uh, there, 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 there's got to be. A, a way to divide those two worlds. So is that like an internal torment or is that, are you able to get to a point where it's like a switch that you can turn on and turn off? It, it's a, it's a switch. Uh, okay. And, and uh, to be fair, my wife helped me with this. Uh, uh, you know, when I come through the front door, I'm, I'm no longer soldier. I'm now husband and dad. Gotcha. And so, and so she, she helps with that transition. She she helped keep me focused on on family during those times as well. Because uh, during times of deployment, when I was gone, it was just her and a baby, mm -hmm. and so uh, that was her world, and that's where she was deployed. Yeah. And so that's where she was serving, uh, not just me, but serving the country. That is that is a that is a support. And so when your family is there with you. Uh, 
they, they, they are part of what's going on in, in that world. And so she, she helps me and helped me keep those worlds separated. Gotcha. So when you enlist, is there always an assumption of uh, a likelihood of combat or being deployed? Oh, absolutely. In a dangerous yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, and this holds true for any enlistment in any of the branches. Okay. Uh, because even if you join one of the MOSs that is a non-combat MOS, you've you've at least put yourself in a place where, where you can be put into a theater where there's an enemy who doesn't care what your military occupational skill is. You're just another enemy combatant to them, and so uh, yes, you 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 join knowing that that there's an opportunity for you to see combat at some point. That at some point in time, uh, you're going to be put into a dangerous situation, gotcha. and then within those military occupational skills, for those who join the different combat arms uh, skills that are out there, uh, infantrymen, artillerymen, these sorts of things, uh, where you know you're going to be forward deployed. There's an expectation that at just at some point in time it will likely will happen. So, it, but you know that from the time you sign up, you you expect that from the time you sign up, because it's 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 part of the contract. Sure. And so when you uh, raise your right hand and you know sw- sw- and swear to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, uh, you understand that you're going to put yourself in a place where you could come to harm. Hmm. And then, were you ever deployed? In combat, no, sir. Okay, uh, and uh, that I'm, that's a great question. Thank you, because there is a very clear distinction. Because I am a veteran, but I am not a combat veteran. Okay, and so even as we go through these discussions today, I do, I do want to acknowledge that those combat veterans who went through separation from their families was going through much, much more than I've ever went through. They sure. saw much more and went through stresses that even as other veterans who are non-combat veterans never saw. And so uh, this is a microscope, a microcosm of of how things could look, but know that there's people who went through a lot more and suffered a lot more and families who went through a lot more suffering than anything we ever did. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a, a buddy who served and I'm pretty sure he was deployed into combat. And I talked to him one day and he said, it really messed me up. He said, I, I struggle with it. I can't put it into words. I just know that I'm, mentally I am messed up. And, you know, he has to deal with that on a, on a daily basis. Uh, it's uh, you, you, As a veteran, you recognize it. You'll see it. Uh, and it's, um, I, I mentioned my dad was a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time, when soldiers were coming home, they weren't being, you know, given mental health counseling. Sure. They, they were not given the help that they needed. And so my dad came home a, a very angry man. And so, uh, and so uh, I, there were things there that he struggled with his whole life. And I didn't recognize it until I had a chance to serve. And then I would say my relationship with my dad became much, much better mm-hmm. after I was a veteran as well. Because at that point, I could understand him better. I could, I could see, see him a little better and in, in, in a different light. Okay. And so th- those things certainly stayed with those combat veterans the rest of their lives. And, and those memories, good and bad, will always affect the way they see their world. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point that you bring up that uh, for us as dads, it, it might take some time sometimes for our kids to get a context of where we're at in life. It's 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 like the old saying goes, you know, you don't really need to judge someone until you walk a mile in their moccasins. Until you've been where they're at, you can't really say, oh, well, they have this problem, they have this. It's really hard to point that finger. I think that I think that's good to bring that up. That your relationship kind of comes back and gets stronger after you've served and you're a veteran and you have perspective into what he went through. I think that's. I think that's good to bring up. I want to ask you, though, when you first enlist, uh, 
and you've got this image and this history of how your father was, and then you have a daughter, was there ever any thought in your mind of, okay, I need to keep myself from being the way that he turned into? Oh, absolutely, because um, you know, as a dad and as any parent, you think of the way that you were raised, and you think, okay, there's yeah. some really good things. I, I was, I had great mom, great dad, yep. and so there's some there's some attributes there that I, I want my children to have I, that I hope that I'm able to to pass on. Yeah. But then you look at some of the things that um, were maybe not so great, and you think, okay, I want to avoid those and uh, try not to fall into those same habits, and try to pass on to my daughter something better, and. Uh, the, the, the really interesting thing is, as uh, even though my, me and my daughter have been close all of our lives, we've become even closer since she's now a veteran as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she now sees why dad thinks the way he does, yeah. the same way that I now was able to understand the way that my dad thought before. And so, um, when, so when me and my brothers and everybody are all hanging around, she's another one of the veterans. Now she understands the language. She, she understands the talk. Yeah. And so it, it, it has made our relationship even better. So let me jump ahead a little bit and ask this question. I know just from conversations that I've been a part of, that I've overheard throughout the years, it's one thing for a father to have a son who wants to enlist. There's usually some pride that goes into that. Certainly. So was there any reservation? I mean, I know you came from a family who was devoted to serving the country. But even in that, was there any reservation to, well, that's my baby girl? Like, again, you talked about the difference in, you know, did my, did my son Absolutely. win the fighter, you know, who hit my daughter? There's a difference in there. So was there any reservation, even though it was a historical, something that our family did? Yeah, yeah because you understand that. Your, your daughter is now putting herself in a place where she could come to harm. Uh, and so um, it was scarier for me to have one of my kids enlist than it was at any point in time for me in my own enlistment. Hmm. And so uh, certainly I worried about her and uh, and was able to uh, uh, draw closer in prayer as a result yeah. <laughs> of, 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 of that fear. And so, yeah, there's reservations there uh, because – that's that's your baby. That's yeah. your, that, that's your girl, and uh, and she enlisted into a military occupational specialty that was a combat arms. So she's going to go to a place where there's only one or two other girls, maybe. Yeah, and that is predominantly a male-dominated area, yeah. and um, and in an area where she's likely to get deployed forward as well. Uh, now, one interesting uh, uh, note that she wasn't aware of, but I was at the time she enlisted was the particular weapon system that she wanted to be a part of was a system that I was the program manager for. And so uh, as she was going on to these systems, she was actually using the systems that uh, that we were building on my program. And so it, because there's support systems out there, I knew that basically there's nowhere in the world that my daughter could go that uh, that I wouldn't have a set of eyes on. That's so, cool. So that, that, that helped me get yeah. to well. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. So let's, let's jump back. So you're the tough guy, devoted. You're into it. Then you have the daughter. Then some of that kind of melts away, and you soften up a little bit. You talked about there were some stints of time where you had to be away. You weren't being deployed into combat, but you were being deployed for other objectives, what was that like? What was it like being away after, you know, I've got a daughter in addition to my wife. 
was that more stressful? How, how'd that make you feel? It's, it's, it's certainly more stressful uh, because now you understand that not only is your wife there and by herself and possibly vulnerable, but you have a, a child there that's vulnerable as sure. well. Now, uh, this dates myself a little bit in terms of age. Uh, cell phones were just becoming a thing. Uh, and the cell phones that existed then looked like bricks with antennas on right. them. Yeah, <laughs> And so uh, only those who were ultra rich could afford them. And since I was in the military, I was not ultra rich. <laughs> and so, uh, so there wasn't, uh, there wasn't the ability to call at the end of the day. There wasn't the ability to text and just say, Hey, how's everybody doing? Mm. And then uh, when you're, in training and in and, and whatever deployed area you're in, uh, it's not allowed anyway. And so, gotcha. and so it's not a matter of, okay, I didn't get to talk to my daughter today. It's, a lot of times it was, I didn't get to talk to my daughter in the last three or four weeks or the last month or two. Wow. And so, uh, so it's very difficult to, to ascertain what's happening at home. Um, is there a problem that I'm just not aware of? Is there something going on there? Is, uh, you know, is, is is the house okay? Is there yeah. something broke? Is the car running all right? I mean, just th- things that you know we we can see and work on and and, and address in our normal day to day lives. Right. And in that situation, you, you can't. And that's why uh, when we celebrate any um, any holiday that's veteran related or military related, we celebrate those families as well because they've learned to be independent. They've sure. learned they've learned to keep things moving at home without us. Yeah. Now. There's good and bad to that because uh, they have learned to live without you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that first year, uh, I, was, I, I was deployed the majority of the year. And so it puts you in a place where you miss a lot of first. Yeah. And um, you don't get to see your baby learn to walk. Right. Uh, and you don't have cell phones to take videos and capture yeah, yeah, absolutely everything either. Yeah. So we, 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 I didn't have that. Yeah. I, I missed that on, uh, with my first child and uh, I'll try not to get emotional on this next part, but, uh, I'd been gone for, for better part of a month and, um, I came home and this was really what led me to the conclusion that I wasn't going to stay in the military. Um, I walk through the door and uh, my little girl's running around already. Of course, I missed all of that. So I'm already feeling bad. Yeah. And um, my wife says, hey, watch this. And my daughter's standing in front of me, just standing there. And my wife looks at me and says, Heather, where's daddy? And instead of walking up to me, who's standing in front of her, mm. she walked across her room and pointed at a picture on the wall. My heart broke. Wow. And uh, I just... I. I just told myself I can't be this bad. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 dad's got to be more than a picture on the wall. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I've got to have some presence in her life. And at that point, that in that moment, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Uh, now, having said that, those who, who stay in through through retirement and, ma- and make full careers. Uh, there's there's a sacrifice there that's greater than anything that I've ever had to to, to face. Yeah. And uh, and for those families and those soldiers and Marines and Airmen who've done that, I, I can only say thank you. Uh, yeah. When when uh, it's a decision that I was not able to make, and for those of you who were strong enough to have made that, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that would be that would be tough. I can't even wrap my head around what that's like. But 
just hearing that, hearing that from you is just, man, that, 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 that was, that was a gut punch. I, it, I, it was. I certainly understand that because, because as a dad, you, you want, you want that relationship with your kid. You want that connection. You want them to love daddy. I, I have often thought about, which became a little more real for me. I had the Delta variant with COVID and it, it there were probably two or three nights that I thought, God, if you don't keep me like, this is it. Like I, I'm, I'm a goner. I'm, I'm going to just, for me, it was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of heights, but I'm afraid of falling. I don't like, I don't like being up and then looking over and realize if I tip just a little bit more, like I could go and that's, that's going to hurt. Like that's not going to feel good. And so I, I explained my, my little uh, time with COVID as you know, I didn't die, but it was like, I looked down over it. Like I felt like I was really close to it. Um, and then, you know, all I can think of in the back of my mind is, you know, are my kids going to remember daddy? Sure. Are they, you know, is what I've put into them so far, is it going to last enough? Is, is that legacy going to be there? Am I going to be more than a picture on the wall? Yeah. Yeah. And so I can, I, I can, from my experience, sympathize in some way with, with that expression. And that's, that's super tough. So, so let's, let's, so let's. Let's go ahead and talk about this while we're on the note. Were there any other challenges outside of that that you experienced during your active time uh, that was difficult for you as a dad? The separation is is the primary thing. Okay. The um, missing out on milestones, missing out on yeah. birthdays, missing out on moments that you can't retrieve. You can't you can't right. get those back once once they've gone past. And so the, the 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 main problem really is just that. I mean, there there there's other problems that are just inherent to military life. Okay. Uh, I, I used to uh, tell people that you know we lived right at the poverty level, but we never had quite enough money to be considered poor. Yeah. And so, <laughs> it's it's yeah. You know, so th- th- there there's those things going on. But sure. Th- but those are those are problems that I think all young married families will, will face at some point sure. in time. And so um, we, we deal with those. We work with those. And God was always good. He always made provisions. We had an incredible church family uh, at Brother H.L. Shepherd's Church in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, um, and I uh, had a great friend, uh, more than a friend. I had a great brother who was also a veteran who was getting out just as I was getting in, hmm. uh, who was my mentor for four years, who kept me sane and kept my family safe. Uh, one of the things that I always felt good about when I deployed was I know that even if there is an issue, I have a brother there who's going to step in and take care of it in my absence. Yeah. And so uh, th- th- there are things you face, but that it's just normal life. Sure. But the moments you lose and can't get back is the part that really hurts you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I like what you said about about having that that friend, that mentor. Um, when we talked about this episode before we started everything, I know you talked about it being a brotherhood once, once, once you're involved. Um, but how important was it for you to have outside voices outside of that and brotherhood of the people that you're actively serving with people who they finished as you started? Um, how important was that for you? For, for me, it was essential. Um, I was newly married. I was away from home for the first time in my life. Um, seeing the world through a vastly different lens than I'd ever been exposed to before. And so having someone who stepped in 
and mentored me uh, and my family and my wife and and put the time in yeah. to make sure that we were okay. Uh, uh, my friend was also a fellow Texan who elected to uh, stay uh, living in Columbus, Georgia, which is just outside of Fort Benning, uh, and attending the church there. Uh, would not have made it without him. Mm. Uh, still, st- still consider him the closest friend I've ever had. Yeah. And uh, even though miles and years have separated us, uh, still love him sure. and think of him nearly daily. Sure. And let me ask this. I don't, I don't know how common of a practice it is, uh, and I don't know if it's different today than it was back then, but uh, serving the country and being involved in church. It, 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 is, a, uh, it, it is a different world uh, because— uh, you know, the military can be pretty brash at times. Sure. And certainly you're, 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 you're trained toward violence and in certain MOSs. Uh, but then the other side of you is understanding that, you know, uh, I need, I need to please God as well. And so, uh, a lot of people become very concerned whether it's even possible to serve God and serve your country at the same time. And I would say it absolutely is. Uh, I am testimony to that. Mm-hmm. My daughter's testimony to that. Uh, you can continue to have your Christian convictions and, yeah. and, and do the right thing and set good examples. Uh, I never fell into the military habit of bad language uh, or uh, any of the uh, drinking or any of the other things that become pretty much part of life sure. uh, in those. And so um, my men understood that that's not something that interested me. And so uh, while I was a designated driver on multiple occasions, uh, because it was my obligation, my duty to make sure that they stayed safe because sure. they were my brothers as well. Uh, but then, I, but also knew that I wasn't going to partake in those sort of things. Yeah. And then again, having that mentor in my life was an accountability thing. Someone who that's I knew good. if, uh, if I missed a church service, was going to check on me. If, uh, if uh, there was any question whatsoever of whether I was doing the right thing, would knock on my door and walk on in, yeah. and and hold me accountable. And uh, and so ha- having that support structure helped me. Uh, sure. Having a fantastic pastor and brother H.O. Shepherd while I was there helped me, and uh, I was just blessed uh, when um, when I first came in came into the military, got into Georgia, was in the army. I'd I'd never been away from my home church before. And so, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how to just pick up and find a new church family. I mean, I'd, I'd never experienced anything like that. Uh, and thankfully, someone mentored me into it and just said, hey, walk this way. Sure. Come, come with me and uh, took care of me. And so I was very blessed to have a great friend and a great church. So it might not be the most popular route that people take when they're serving the country, but it's one you highly recommend. Absolutely. You yeah. can serve your country and serve serve the Lord at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's very important, though, that once you make it to your first permanent duty station, find a church. Don't don't hesitate. Don't fall into the habit of not being in church on Sunday. Immediately start looking and praying that God will bring you into the place that He is right for you and right for your family, and start to and start to make those connections. Because what you find is a brotherhood in those military towns that's different than even in a normal church, because those those are those are congregations and, the, and those are those are people who are migratory. And so that congregation is constantly on the move, in and out, in and out. And so you find a group of like-minded people who are also in the military and serving at the same time who understand. 
and uh, and are there to back you and keep you and and, and let you know that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And so find find a church. Don't 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 delay. Find a church and and go get involved. And what you'll find is there's other people that are in that church who are serving with you, hmm. and uh, and they 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 will be your support. Yeah, yeah, great advice. Let me let me ask you this. We hinted around a little bit, but I'm going to ask this specifically. You never were deployed into combat, but in some of your deployments, were there ever dangerous situations now that you're a dad where you're thinking, I got a little girl at home, something could happen, uh, this is not cool? Certainly. and it, it, you, you can read the papers several times throughout any given year. You'll read of training accidents yeah. at, at different military posts. Uh, and a lot of those truthfully are avoidable uh, if, if, if they had been planned better. And then some of the training itself is danger, dangerous just as a result of the training. Mm. Uh, if you go to the Army Airborne School that's on Fort Benning, Georgia, and you choose to jump out of an airplane, well, there's an inherent risk to that. Sure. <laughs> um, if, you're, uh, if you go to one of the uh, air assault school and you uh, – decide that you're going to repel out of helicopters or repel off the towers or repel off of whatever the obstacle is that day. There's an inherent risk to that. And so uh, these things are always in your mind, particularly when you have a family and you're thinking, okay, I I need to take some extra precaution here because anything that happens to me doesn't just affect me. It affects my wife. It affects my kid. Uh, Then uh, so some some of the training is just dangerous. Because it's dangerous and it's inherent. Uh, some of the obstacle courses, you know, you have live ordnance going on around you. You have rounds going off over your head. Wow. Uh, you're, you're you're going through barbed wire and just above the barbed wire, you can actually see tracer rounds going going, going by you. <laughs> and so, you know, th- th- there are some things about training that's just inherently dangerous, and, and particularly in some of the combat arms MOSs. And, so then, and there are opportunities too in times when just bad decisions are, are made that put you in areas where you shouldn't be mm. be in. Um, I can think of a time when I was deployed and uh, and asked to go train in an impact range. Well, impact range is where artillery rounds fall. It's not a place where you train. <laughs> it's a place where you avoid. And so um, uh, we uh, we were given an operations order by by the field grade officer who was given the briefing that day. He gave us an eight-digit grid coordinate. And uh, this was, by the way, this after I was in active reserve. I was off of active duty at this point. Okay. And so I was in the reserve at this point. And this this major gave an eight-digit grid coordinate uh, to go train in a particular area. And that eight-digit grid coordinate landed us in the middle of an impact range. And so I thought, my, I've, I heard the wrong numbers. I've, I've messed something up. I've got this wrong. So I asked, I asked him to repeat the numbers and he gave us the same eight-digit grid. And so I got my map out and I'm like, um, pardon me, sir, uh, just so you're aware. I'm trying to be very professional, sure. very courteous, because I'm just a sergeant. I'm nobody. And uh, but the the grid coordinate you gave us is an impact range. He goes, yeah, yeah, we know, <laughs> sir. Um, impact ranges is where rounds fall. You you don't train in impact ranges because rounds fall. And there's and 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 those that don't explode, there's there'll still be unexploded. There'll be duds on the ground laying around. You you can't go into these areas, sir. And of course, I was just told to sit down and shut up. <laughs> and so we uh, uh, we're going out. We're convoying out to this to this impact range, and we get to the gates. And of course, the road's barricaded as it should be. 
because you're not <laughs> supposed to be in there. And we actually drive around the barricades and go into this impact range. And uh, for those of you who have ever heard a, a minigun in person, um, it is a very distinct sound. And once you've heard it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It sounds like a large belch, but it's a belch that will shake an entire car, an entire vehicle. So it just gets very loud. And so uh, we're out and we're, we've driven around the barricades <laughs> and we're headed into the in- impact range. And, and, and you hear this just this, this earth booming sound and i'm like oh jesus please help us lord <laughs> and uh and and th- those others who were with us now i just come off of active duty and so I'm, I'm i'm accustomed to training i'm accustomed to the environment and i'm accustomed to the sounds of different ordinances i know what it is that i heard and so those who were with me just said hey what was that i'm like give it a minute fellas you're <laughs> about to find out and so sure enough we uh uh we break out on top of a ridge and uh and we're overlooking this valley, and underneath us, uh, there's ATNs coming in and doing strafing runs. So ATNs got the big Vulcan cannons, got the big mini guns uh, that are that are up in the nose cone. Very, very distinct sound if you ever heard one. And so they're coming in and they're strafing and they're pulling out. And then just as they're coming in, the F-16s were dropping in and doing ordnance drops and pulling back out and banking the other way. And I'm just sitting here like, sir, this is what I told you. We're not supposed to be here. And, uh, and uh, that's one of those. You just stop and pray and say, okay, Lord, if you will get me out of this one, yeah. this particular problem, you're never going to have to get me out of it. <laughs> and so that was actually the end of my active reserve time because not long after that, uh, I, I called our lieutenant colonel who was, uh, who was in charge of that particular unit and explained to him what was happening. And, and so, and let him know that, that from this point forward, uh, that uh, I would serve the remainder of my contract on inactive reserve, yeah. and so went through all the documentation, and, uh, and and then spent the last three years as inactive reserve. For for those who are not aware, when you when you join the military, you, you sign an eight year contract, okay. and um, there's multiple ways that you can f- fulfill the eight years. The most common is for active duty, for inactive duty. Okay. On, in, on inactive reserve, uh, but some switch it up. You may do two years of an active duty contract and been on, and then be on inactive duty for six years. However, you want to mix and match it. You have to make that eight-year commitment. And so, uh, so I ended up with four active duty, one active reserve, and then three inactive reserve. Got it for, for my eight years. Whenever you made that transition, you contacted. Uh, you said it was your lieutenant colonel. Yeah, correct. Okay, so when you contacted him. And you said, look, I'm going to make this switch here. I don't know that if you might have to make some assumptions or you might not be able to speak on his behalf, but your consensus on this, is there ever any kind of a negative look on that? Like, oh, you know, you're you're not fully active. And so they look down on you. Is there any pressure like that that happens? Yeah. yeah uh, again, we, we in the military make fun of each other. Sure. All the time. And, and there's probably no group that get made fun of more than the, those who are in the reserves or in the National Guard. Uh, those of us who are in active duty harass them constantly. <laughs> uh, even now, we'll give each other grief and say, oh, you, you were in the reserve. Okay, that was, that's sort of like being in the military, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 so, and, and so, so yeah, and so you, you, you have this, uh, you know, this young guy, sort of a hard charger at this point in, in my life, who's coming off of active duty and going to a reserve unit for the first time with a bunch of people who'd never been on active duty. And, uh, and so you're, you're, you're just very focused on the right way of doing things because the right way 
prevents loss of life. Yeah. The, the right way prevents injury. And so, uh, and then you go into this unit uh, who, who struggled with very basic uh, uh, survival techniques. Uh, and they, they, don't even to, they, they don't even know how to form up, uh, you know, the first time we're there instead of falling in, into a formation. And, you know, everybody knows their place. You just line up, you go, you fall in on order. And uh, you're hearing people say stuff like, hey, former square. <laughs> oh, no, what have I gotten into? And so, yeah, we, we, we give them grief a lot. And, uh, and uh, but they'll give us grief back in return. Sure. So and it, it, and it's one of those things. We can make fun of each other. You know, it's, it's like your brother or your sister. You've earned the right. Yeah. Uh, you can, you know, you, you can beat up your brother all you want, but let someone on the outside of your family yeah. take a swing at him. Okay, well, now it's a family. Right. Affair. Now they're toast. And so uh, we're, we're that way amongst ourselves, whether it's active duty to inactive duty, whether it's Marines to Army uh, and to Air Force, you know, and uh, and we, we all give each other grief constantly, yeah. but you know, we, we, we've earned the right. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Rightfully so. <laughs> What's the biggest difference as a dad? So you were a dad while you were actively serving, but then you had a couple more kids when you were done. What's the biggest difference in being a dad com- comparing those two times together? The knowledge that I learned, the separation that I experienced uh, made me very focused not to ever put myself in a position where I would miss those times again. Mm. I'm a very intentional dad. I'm very aware, I'm very aware of the time that I had with my kids when they were small um, to do things that made good memories, uh, to, to do things that when my kids would grow up, that they would have something to look back and go, dad gave me time. Yeah. And I you know, uh, wasn't always in a position financially in my life where what I was able to give them was financial support. Sure. But what I was able to give them was my time. So I became yeah. much more deliberate about doing small things like let's, let's let's go on a picnic. Yeah, you know let's uh, uh, let's go over to this particular park because it's got a sand volleyball pit. And of course, my kids weren't interested in volleyball, but they loved sand pits. Love sand, and so <laughs> and, and so and, and so we would do things that didn't cost you know a, a lot of money. We could you know make sandwiches at home and right. and some chips, and we go play in the sand. You yeah, know? and uh, and so uh, the the biggest difference is is, is just. I think you're, you're just more conscious that that you need to be there yeah. uh, to 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 overcome the stigma of being a pitcher on the wall, and instead being a dad, uh, being, being somebody who your kids will have memories of, yeah. and uh, and say those were, those were good times, those were fun. So yeah, I'm just I, I became a lot more deliberate. Yeah, well that's that's a, it's a really good thing to be able to to call yourself as an intentional dad because that's that's where a lot of dads miss it. You just it's really easy to get stuck in the flow and the busyness of life and then to lose that that intentionality and that that presence where you're actively involved with your kid while you're with them. Um, but I think that's good. And I love what you said about, you know, you didn't have, you didn't, well, you might not have had the money to pour and throw at them. You didn't need it. You know, you can make food at the house and it's Sorry. free and you can, go to sand volleyball court, not to play volleyball, but for them to play in the sand. I mean, there's, there's lots of different creative ideas that we can come up with that just give us time with our kids. And if we're honest with ourselves, when we have little kids, little kids don't need the moon. Little kids just sometimes need a box of sand or just 
you know, my son just begs to go out in the backyard so he can dig up roly polies. That's all he wants to do. So it doesn't it doesn't take much, but I think that's 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 good advice. Whether or not it was advice, you know, being offered up, it is good advice for us to take to heart that the simple things go a long way when we are present and we are involved and when we're active with our kids. Uh, love that, and I and I, I say that time is our most valuable commodity anyway. Sure. Like money's nice. Like the Bible says that money answers all things. It's it's good to have money. It's not wrong to try and get a, a dollar or two here and there, but uh it's never gonna be of greater value than your time. Yeah. You don't have to spend spend money if you're spending time. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. Well said. Tell you what, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Now I wanna I'm gonna ask you the question that I try to ask all of the dads that I have on the podcast, but I maybe want to give you an, an option to give a second answer to. So the first question is, what's the best piece of advice that you'd like to give to dads? And then the nuance of that is for dads who are still actively serving, what's the best piece of advice that you'd give to them? If it's the same answer, that's okay. But if not, what would it be? It's a variant of the same answer. Okay. Uh, we'll start with those who are active, still actively serving. Okay. Uh, when you're not deployed, when, when you are able to, to be home, uh, it's difficult at times to turn it off, um, but as best as you can, um, when you, when you walk through the door, uh, be, become dad, and uh, and if, as practical as possible, leave 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 the marine, leave the soldier, leave the airman, uh, leave them outside, and uh, be deliberate with your time because your your time is is sacred. Your time is is very reserved, and so. During the time you have, make memories. Mm. And, and then that same thought just carries over for those of us who are no longer in, for those sure. who are just dad on the street now. Um, be deliberate about being a dad. Yeah. Um, we, we, we we grow old and our kids grow old much, much, much quicker than we realize. Um, you know, that little girl who was born on Fort Benning, Georgia, is now 28 years old. Wow. And so it, it, it goes by much quicker than, than I had ever anticipated it would. And uh, I'm very thankful for the time I was able to spend uh, with, with my kids and, and the, the time I'm still able to spend with my kids. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, be, be deliberate. Uh, they, they want your time more than they want anything else. Hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes... Even now, with with my kids all being in their twenties, something as simple as uh, let's let's go get some ice cream, yeah, it still works. Yeah, so be deliberate. That's awesome. Great advice, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your stories and your experiences. Uh, so much good in what you lived through um, that you were willing to contribute to us today. Uh, great advice and great insight, not only for the men and women who are actively serving, but those like myself who have never served, um, great insight. Thank you for that. And again, thank you for your service to the country. Thank you, sir, for giving me this opportunity to come talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I hope you'll join me next time.
Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, for more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.